0: Hello, my name is Chris Gordon and I work as the events manager at Readings. It's wonderful to be here today with you, Mr. Elaine Debotton. Welcome to Melbourne.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Uh, Now, a little bit of information about you. Elaine, you may have heard this before, that you live in London, (laughs) that you're a writer of books that have been described as a philosophy of everyday life, that your first book, Essays in Love, was published when you were 23 years old, two, three years ago, Uh, that you have written on love, travel, sex, architecture and literature. Your books have been bestsellers in over 30 countries uh, that you started and helped run a school in London called the School of Life, dedicated to a new vision of education. Melbourne also is home to a branch of the School of Life. Uh, Elaine, you won't know this, but you and I are the same age. Uh, I have achieved not as much as you, dear sir. <laughs> but today we are not going to be talking about me. We are going to be talking about you and your latest work, the... The Course of Love. And I nearly said The Curse of Love. And that is because I have read this book a couple of times over. It is the story of Rabi and Kirsten who fall in love. They get married. They have children. They fight. He has an affair. Society, you say, tells us that's the end of the story. But in fact, it is only the beginning. Now, many readers are saying that this is the sequel to Essays in Love, which you wrote 24 years ago. I'm sorry, I know those age as well. <laughs> uh, what do you think about that? Does that seem like a lifetime ago when you wrote that book?
1: Um, it was a while ago, but <laughs> I always wanted to return to the novel and return to the love story. Um, it seems to me that the way that we love is so influenced by the stories we read. And it's so possible to feel ashamed, lonely, um, paranoid, because many of the things that go on in our love lives don't get mentioned in fiction enough. And I remember giving this book to my editor and he went, "Ooh, you know, sometimes you, you cut quite close to the bone here, you know, it gets quite dark here. And I said, yeah, but does it feel true? And he went, "Yeah, it's like my own marriage." And I said, "Oh well, in that case, that's fine. I'm reassured." So long as you it's didn't like ask your... any
0: details at that point, though. <laughs> no, no,
1: but you know, I, I think that many of us lie in bed with our partners. Um, I'm going to keep this respectable, mm-hmm. and 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 we wonder, is this normal? Like, is what I'm going through normal? And how we decide on the answer really depends often on what society, and by that I really mean culture. And by that, I really mean novels and films is telling us is is normal. And I, I guess I wanted to write a novel because I think many novels about love are bad. And what I mean by bad is not that they're not charming or beautifully written or got wonderful characters. I literally mean bad in the sense that they don't necessarily reflect the reality of what love is actually like long-term long term relationships that most of us are going to have.
0: Because certainly in the book, you do make a very clear distinction, don't you, early on, about the difference between romantic love and the love that we are going to have day in, day out, as we text one another, pick up the milk on your way home.
1: Yes. I mean, look, romantic love is a problem. And it is in a way the target of this book. Because I think that if we're to make long term relationships work, we will have to back out of many of the romantic enthusiasms that got us into them in the first place. I think romanticism Let me give you an example for why romanticism is problematic. Romanticism tells us that when you love someone, you love everything about them. You accept everything about them. Their whole soul is pure and perfect. And then, of course, when you get together with someone, you start to realise that there are a few things you're going to have to mention. Maybe they make a slightly odd slurping sound when they drink a hot drink, or they leave the remote control in an odd place, etc. And so you want to point things out. And because romanticism tells us that teaching someone something is patronizing and is a betrayal of love um, many arguments are really failed attempts by two people to teach one another things but but they descend into bitterness and recrimination because the teaching is so badly done so rather than taking it calmly and going there is something I would like to point out you just you know you're panicked and the reason you're panicked as a so-called teacher is that you you think, you know, I've married an idiot or, you know, my life is <laughs> ruined because I've got to spend the next 50 years with someone who just doesn't get it. And this makes you so scared that you yeah. start, you know, belittling and humiliating. And of course, by the time you do that, no one learns anything because, you know, if you've been made to feel small by your partner, you hate them and you're not going to... Well, certainly that listen. is
0: the end of romantic love right there, isn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, but but it's not necessarily the end of love, no, you see, and I... and. I, and I sort of basic premise of the book is that love is a skill. It's not just an enthusiasm, a feeling. Mm -hmm. It is a skill that needs to be learned like anything else. And it can be. And there are various things you can do to make your, you know, it's really the story of how two people go from being romantics to being mature, and that sounds kind of weird, but that's that's what yes. it is. It's the story of people, two people who learn how to love and we think we know how to love, but we don't necessarily.
0: You know what when I was reading the book for the very first time, how I started to hear your voice. In the book, as almost like the David Attenborough of relationships, I could sort of imagine you standing on the side of a kitchen, saying things like, <laughs> "And here is the elusive moment of spontaneous love, emerging from the bushes. Don't look into the couple's eyes."
1: Well, you know, you're you're, you're pointing to something about the novel, which um, <laughs> which is which is slightly distinctive because. Um, I constantly press pause you in the do, story you do. And, and I interject commentary. And that's not for everybody. It's going to be for everybody. But I think some people will find it interesting and have found it interesting because it's really, look, personally speaking, I'm somebody who loves to take relationships apart.
0: <laughs> I love to speculate. <laughs> we learned that when you were 23 years yeah. old. I mean, you dissect everything. Right. I, lo- I
1: love it. That's what I love doing. <laughs> And, you know, not everyone's like that. Some, it drives some people crazy. But, <laughs> but if you like that kind of thing, yeah. this is a book for you. And, and because, uh, so I don't just want to show my characters talking and doing stuff. I also want to um, speculate about them, think about them. And so, so interspersed with the kind of dialogue and the action are passages of reflection and digression where, you know, I speculate on love more generally.
0: So, what do you hope for a book like this? What do you hope will, will be the end result of the sort of this expose of a relationship? Well,
1: look, the book's been out for a little while yeah. uh, in the United States, in the UK, etc. And I will tell you the best responses Go I've on. had, um, where people on Twitter or whatever will say things like. Um, my husband and I are getting on much better now. Ooh. Um Ooh. or, you know,
0: very cheap counseling service.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you say that with a a tinge of humor. Um <laughs> and why not? Um but but look, I, I, you know, most couples have real difficulties. It is mostly hell trying to keep a relationship going. And I want this book to be a book that will It's funny, there was a review in one of the papers in the UK that said um this book has persuaded me to be a little nicer to my partner for a while, yeah. and I thought, "Wow, that's nice. That's a result." <laughs> and because a lot of the book is is about saying we have to have a bit more compassion for how crazy we all are. We a are a little bit more all, patience.
0: I thought, yeah, we're yeah.
1: all we're all really demented creatures. Mm. None of us have emerged into adult life as speak remotely. For yourself, I, do. Speak I do. I do. <laughs> But, you know, we're all we're only just holding it together it's and true. we need to go easy on each other. It's true. And in love, you know, one of the things I point out in the book is how generous people are to children, uh, parents to, the, yeah. to, to their children. You know, if children misbehave, you really search for attenuating circumstances. You know, maybe they're tired or they've got a sore gum or whatever it is. Yeah. But when it comes to dealing with an adult my goodness, we're tough. We're like, why are you trying to ruin my life? You know, you're bringing me down, etc. And I think, um, yeah, we need to do that work of, I think, t- to, lo- to properly love is to extend imagination, even to slightly darker sides of people's soul. And, you know, that is the traditional work of fiction, to some extent. If you take something like Dostoevsky's novels, you know, if you saw Raskolnikov on Tinder or whatever, you would swipe straight past him because really he's, a, he's a crazy guy. You, know. <laughs> you really but,
0: would. But. Well, so that sort of raises one of the issues that, that perhaps I did think about it when I was reading your book is that in some ways you're normalising relationships. This is A, a novel like yours normalises relationships. But what, in the end, if all of our relationships are normalised, what about those kooky wonders of humankind that we... That we actually also need in our life.
1: Oh, don't get me wrong. Kooky kookiness is uh, <laughs> is fine, particularly with you know with humour. Yeah. The problem is when things get brittle yeah, and uh, you know angry and, and and you know just just bitter. Generally, um, I mean, wh- wh- one of the key points I think in love is a sense of humour, and you know, a sense of humour. After a few years with somebody, it's very common. To think that you you're together with an idiot,
0: and and uh,
1: and and really to think pretty pretty lowly of them, and I think it's such an achievement to move from thinking that your partner is an idiot to thinking that they're basically and broadly a lovable idiot, and that is the work of comedy really yeah. of of seeing them. You know, think of all the great comic characters. Think of someone like David Brent in the yeah. Office. He's a complete idiot, but but because of the genius of comedy, you learn to see him as kind of lovable at the yeah, same time, or, or Larry David or whatever. And oh, I love we, Larry. We need to perform mm. that activity, that comic genius on our own partners in order to be able to endure them. So comedy is comedy is pretty serious stuff within love and we need to take it very, very seriously.
0: It's true. Always I say to my teenage daughter, honey, only go out with someone that can make you laugh.
1: Yes, and that's not because you're seeking entertainment. It's because laughter is a sign that um, somebody has got a you know, a healthy relationship to their own madness. That's right. And, you know, the madness of, and, of your daughter.
0: Uh, that's absolute pure madness of my daughter. But also that you feel comfortable. If you can laugh yeah. with one another, that means that you're comfortable.
1: But if the, you know, I, I recommend at some point in the book that, you know, in a, in a society wiser than ours, one of the first questions that people would ask one another on an early dinner date was, how are you crazy? Like, I'm crazy like this. How about you? How, how are you crazy? And that this, we would kind of normalise The disturbance that we all have and an ideal wedding present that we should learn to give one another is a sort of 150 page book that we write called, you know, How I Am Disturbed.
0: Or The Complete Works of Seinfeld or something.
1: Yeah, but (laughs) but more about yourself, you know, because we, we don't need people to be perfect in relationships, but we do, I think, really need them to have a handle on their imperfections and to be able to frame those imperfections in a way that we can accept and not feel humiliated and hurt by. Because You know, by the time someone's really hurt you with their so-called imperfection, you're not really going to be interested in learning about what life was like for them when they were five and how their mother hurt them, etc. You're just mostly offended by them. And so you're, you know, you're not going to do, you're not going to care. So in good time, you should lay forth your particular version of uh, craziness.
0: I agree with you. I agree with everything that you're saying, actually.
1: Thank you. I think this
0: is why you're very successful. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I want to learn a little bit about you, and I'm sure that our listeners do as well. Sure. So,
1: who am I? Yeah, who are (laughs) you? Who is this guy? Who
0: is this bloke that just keeps writing and talking and going on? So, I'm going to play a quick little word game. Okay. I'm going to say a word. You say the first word that comes back to you. I know it's awful. It's It's, almost like being. I'm so scared. (laughs) I'm so scared. You should be. You should be. I'm so fierce as a bookseller. Okay. Australia.
1: Australia, a beautiful country that has made me feel so welcome with my books.
0: Oh, I'm so pleased. It's, You're such a politician. It's I'm been, so no, pleased. no, I
1: mean, genuinely. It's, oh, and I'm plus, pleased. post-Brexit, I think I'm going to come and live here, honestly. Good. Because uh, my, my home country has, has just fallen <laughs> apart. Really? Well, then my so next I one is, gonna, e- is England. Oh, yeah. yeah. What about well, England? Well, England, well, disaster. It's a just disaster, disaster at the moment. Yeah, post-imperial hang-up, big oh. time. Oh. It's like these guys have still not got, got over the loss of empire. This is what this is. It's like Europe is not good enough for mm. us. We are Great Britain. I mean, please, get the nation oh. to therapy.
0: It's, it's, I agree with everything that you're yeah. saying there. Okay, first word or phrase that comes to your mind, facts.
1: Facts. Facts. Um, you know, good, but, but I'm, you know, I'm a more speculative kind of thinker. I'm not a social scientist or a whatever. And, and the great thing about what I do is I can slightly throw things out there. Yeah, and can. some people can agree with them or disagree with them, but I'm not burdened by the need to prove things or run a CAT scan machine or, you know, <laughs> um, add lots of footnotes. So that's the, the glory of the, uh, the essayist and the fiction the, writer. Uh, fiction fiction. Um, a medium that uh, that I love and that I've returned to. And um, sometimes it doesn't feel like work when you've spent the day, you know, writing about a couple, I don't know, having a coffee and that yeah. that's your day's output. Um, but I think that you can touch the heart with fiction. And I am somebody ultimately who's trying to teach things to people, but um, it's good to teach with a little bit of emotion as well. And Um, Some people have said to me things like, I started crying uh, at this point in the book. And that's very new and different and uh, quite touching for me. Feelings. Feelings. Um, Very confusing. We're often out of touch with them, partly because they're so weird and we don't want to own up to them. Um, The more that we can spend a bit of time every day accepting, reconciling ourselves to and just downloading our feelings, the healthier and less anxious and less insomniacal we will be.
0: Elaine, the very last word, and there's, our, it's just so appropriate that I finish on this, and thank you for your time today. The last word of the day where we learn a little bit more about you, dear sir, is love.
1: Love. Um, love is the process of trying to understand another human being and trying to make yourself understood uh, by another human. It's um, amazingly fraught, and difficult. No wonder we keep talking about it, because it gives us such trouble, but it is always, in the end, worth it.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much. And as you know, the wonderful The Course of Love is for sale at every readings shop. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you.